So, that, so all of that leads me here. Why are we uh-huh. standing on top of a giant landfill? What, like, why did you take me here, and why do I see so many discarded candles? Well, Dave, okay, I wanted you to see firsthand the problem facing the candle industry. Mm. L- let me hit you with this stat. This okay. is actually sit down okay. on all those discarded candles. Ow, 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 ow. Yeah, it's going to be sharp. Almost two billion candles are sold globally each year, and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next million years. Okay. I, I wouldn't say this to a lot of people, John. Yeah. You're not lying to me because you don't lie to me, John. I, I would never lie, especially about candles. I, saw, I told you that the first years, day we met. That is Gnarls Barkley crazy. Although I must admit, this landfill does smell pretty great compared <laughs> to what I anticipated. The, you know, the candles do kind of pick that part up, but it's disturbing. John. Hey, Dave, yeah. you're funny, but this is no time to I'm joke. So sorry, okay, The dude. folks at Notes yep. knew that we all want our homes to smell great. I do. But figured there had to be a more responsible way. And guess what? They found the perfect solution. What did they come Let up with? Let me tell you. If you'll okay. stop interrupting me, so I'll tell you. So Notes created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel again and again. And guess what, Dave? Again. Again. Yes. Please don't interrupt me. So you don't become part of the problem. It's so easy to use. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, and all you do is place the wick in the reusable notes jar, fill it up with the wax beads, enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours, and then just do it all over again when you're ready to get a new one. Oh, so that means I can switch out of fragrances all the time. That's right. That sounds great. I'm checking out their website, and I think I already have my eye on the Centol and Atlas Cedar. Cedar. I knew that would be Plumeria and Pink Current. Yep, Mm. yep, yep. The one that you're enjoying right now, uh-huh. Smell that? Mm, it's vanilla and pepperwood. That's like my two favorite scents. No, and the names of your bunnies, right? That's right. Okay. Yeah, just coincidence there. <laughs> okay. Did you know that there are thirteen amazing fragrances what? in all? Dave, that's almost fourteen oh. fragrances, <laughs> handcrafted <laughs> by fragrance experts at their home base in South Carolina. And they are to die for. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up on high-quality home fragrance by making the switch to Notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notecandles.com slash podcast. Right now, Notes is giving listeners 15% off and free shipping when you buy a Notes starter kit using code DADVILLE. Just use code DADVILLE when placing your order. That's code DADVILLE at notecandles.com slash podcast. Hey everybody, it's me, Dave, one half of Dadville. Now, I've been a singer-songwriter for the last 20 years or so, but about 10 years ago, my dear friend and manager at the time pushed me to try to start doing some stand-up shows. If you've been to any of my live music shows, you know I'm chatty and love to tell stories and jokes, so it made sense. So, I was just dumb enough to try it. Since then, I've done about 30 or so stand-up shows, and that means no guitar, just me and the mic and my funnies. <laughs> about four years ago, I did a stand-up show here in Nashville at City Winery, and we recorded the show and that show is now an album called It's Hard Being an Idiot and is available on Spotify, Apple Music and everywhere you listen to music and comedy. To celebrate the release of the album I thought it would be fun to do some interviews with some of my favorite stand-up comedians to talk about not just being funny but being professionally funny. And oh my goodness is Leanne Morgan funny. She is so fun. I, I cackle through this interview. I mean, genuinely, I, she, she has me in stitches throughout this interview. She's just funny. She's like, you know, you could stick her in a corner at a, at a 
supper club or give her a mic in front of thousands of people and she's going to make you laugh. That's just, that's how she is. She's born that way. Um, she, you know, I was trying to remember how I heard about her. It might have been on Facebook through like a dry bar ad, which I, you know, I found out about a bunch of comics. A bunch of comics had been on this podcast that way. Uh, or it might have been my sister Beth sent it to me. I can't remember. I just remember that one, when I heard her, I remember laying in the bed. I was on my phone. Annie, my wife was asleep. I was laughing so hard. I genuinely thought I'm going to wake my wife up. I'm going to wake her up from how much I'm shaking the bed from convulsing and laughter. And then I remember too, I sent the videos to everybody I knew and everybody thought it was hysterical. In fact, since then I have friends who've been to her shows because they were like, she is killing me. So I think that's fun. One of the things I want to say that I loved about this interview is it moved me so much to hear how intentional she was with her time as she was coming up as a comic. She talks about she's been in the game about 20 plus years, but with her girls, she just didn't want to miss them growing up. And so it's so inspiring to hear how she sort of managed her time on weekends to go do stand up bits and, you know, do weekend shows as she was, you know, it's just, it's really inspiring and, and, and not just funny, but really moved me to see how much intentionality she had around her gift and trying to be a good steward of it. And I would say lastly, you know, there's no reason in some ways this should be funny to me. I'm not a woman. I'm not in the season of life. She is. I'm not a mom. I'm not an empty nester, but it slays me. And that is a tribute to how funny she is. Uh, she's like all the Southern women you ever loved and made you laugh. Uh, she's all those wrapped into one. So here's Leanne Morgan. Okay, folks, this is a huge pleasure. I mean, Leanne Morgan is with me, and I want to tell you, this is, I have been so excited about this, Leanne. I, I, one, because we're kind of people. We got some of the same dirt, which is really exciting because I just found out that you're in Farragut, which is, you know, where I spent a couple of, of my high school years. But, um, but I, I, one, I'm just amazed we don't have a million. I'm sure if we played that game, we would know a million of the same people. But I bet um, we would, my darling. I bet we yes. would. This, but I have to tell you, I, when I, I probably got hip to your stuff probably three years ago, maybe four years ago. And it was, I just remember feeling like I had hit like this gold mine and I started sending it to everybody I knew. And I remember, I can't remember if my sister had heard of you before me or not, but it became this thing for us where it was like, we have found this wonderful thing and the whole world needs to know about it. And we felt doubly invested because I, I didn't know where you were in West Tennessee, but I was like, or East Tennessee rather, I was like, but where, okay, she's got to be somewhere. And that makes me even doubly invested in sort of making sure. But the thing that's crazy that I feel like I've watched is it feels like in those three years, like you're going to be vice president here soon. It just feels like <laughs> everything is exploding for you. Like it has been so much fun to watch. It feels like you're just taking the world by Thank storm. Thank you, my darling. Well, and, and where is Kamala? Has anybody seen her? I may have to take over. We don't know. I know. Yeah, it <laughs> I know, scary. what have they done with her? She and the Chinese Olympian girl. They just both disappeared. I know, oh, Dave, I'm worried. I'm scared. I'm scared. Okay, um, yeah. well, I've been doing comedy 22 years, and it was about three years ago, you're right, when it kind of blew up. But I've been doing it 22 it just, I mean, years. 22 uh -huh. years. Okay, let's... let's this is let let's go back because this is it's always fun for me to kind of get the the background. So, you're are you from you're from around where I am now though, aren't you? Central yes. Tennessee. I like was raised Tennessee? in Adams on the Kentucky Tennessee okay. border, where the Bell Witch yes, is. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's just coincidental, right? Yeah, but I tell people <laughs> the Bell Witch legend and, Bell and Witch. to Google it. Um, but yeah, oh, I on know the, the Kentucky Bell Tennessee Witch. border near Clarksville. I was raised in Adams, Tennessee. 500 people and then I went to the University wow. of Tennessee 
and that's where um, mm. I made horrible decisions in the 80s. <laughs> but I've been washed in the blood. And I met my husband and several other people that you would not wipe your feet on. Um, at the University of Tennessee, and then I married my husband, Chuck, and then I had three precious, beautiful children, and now I've got my first grandbaby. I know. I saw a picture, and I mean, are you just, don't you just want to dip them in chocolate <laughs> yes. and just eat them like an anaconda? Just oh, not even bite. Just It's the best thing that's ever happened to us. And, you know, and I could, I, I love my children, and I could have had, I wish I'd had 10 of them. But there's something about a grandbaby that is different, yeah, yeah. and it is yes. crazy. Like my husband, who is yeah. tight and cheap and does not believe in spending money, is like, he needs a lawn cabin. <laughs> he needs a tractor. He needs a lawnmower. He's 11 months old. He is so yummy. Don't you, don't you wonder what unlocks that? And especially because I've seen the same in granddads. Like I've seen it. Like there is something about men at that age that there's when they see their grandkids. All of a sudden, it's like the things that as a child you never got. They're like, I will give this grandchild and this grandchild and yes. And I wonder if the, whatever if his that testosterone is. has lowered. And I also, <laughs> he doesn't have to make a living for this baby. He had to make a living for everybody else. <laughs> And, That's so true. And my That's little so daddy, Jimmy Fletcher, who has two daughters and we're both sissy, bought my son. My son's the first grandchild, and he went and bought him a machete when he was like seven years old. And I'm like, Daddy, <laughs> he cannot have a machete. He goes, he wanted it. Have you ever? He had just been he had just been waiting to get little like guy mm -hmm. gifts. He just had, and the, you know, it came with like a you know red man and a machete. <laughs> you know, like. and my people dip red man. My people grew dark fire tobacco in Adams, Tennessee. I was, oh, I was gonna mm -hmm. say, I was gonna yes, say, because I thought I remember people. you saying it was mm -hmm. farms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so tell me this: like, did you? Um, were your parents funny? Like, is, is your humor something that came from them? One of them, both of them? I think so. My little daddy is a really good storyteller. And my mama, mm. Lucille, is, um, has got just um, charisma and is funny and funny off the cuff. And, mm. is, you know, and people want to be around her. She's got something about her. People wow. love her and want to be around her. And her mama, Mary, could be hateful. But very funny, very fiery, very, we're all scared. We were scared of her, but little short <laughs> Irish woman who was as, as, as oh, wow. wide as she was tall. And we, uh, she, very funny, very funny. But, um, and my granddaddy, I'm, you know, he was quiet, but I think he uh, was a good storyteller too. But, but mm. we all, I mean, I had grandmamas and step grandmamas and different people that were, yeah, we laughed a lot and had a good time. We really did. Yeah. We, you know. That, yeah. I, I was, I'm always curious about that. So were you, like, when in high school, were you someone that people knew as funny? Yes, like, I was, was funny, but things? Dave, I was also uh, the cutest. Well, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> but I was a, I was a, I was a beaut, honey. I was <laughs> my, cute in my pants. And I was, you know, thin. I just ate off the farm. I didn't eat processed foods. I look back on it and I think, man, I was kind of frail. But anyway, you know, but back then, I mean, we were like almost like cavemen. We didn't eat, you know, did yeah, little yeah. babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, uh, I was, I was tall and dynamic, 
And but yeah, you know they would get yeah. And I made out with a lot of people in the church parking lot. I did. I did. Methodist. Oh Methodist. We gosh. were Methodist, and you know it was just yeah. kind of kumbaya. Yeah. And we yeah. yeah, I made out with a lot of people. But then, um, <laughs> but yeah, I was I was funny. But and I must I knew it in my heart. And my you know I'd tell stuff for my family and my grandparents. Everybody'd clap. You know like Hercules. But my. <laughs> But my teachers would say, "Let's, Leanne, can you MC this? Leanne, can you get up oh, and do yes, the awards? Yes, Leanne, yes, can you do that? Yes. And they probably thought, she's a ham, she'll do it. But I, I always did that. My choir director, who I love, who is darling, Roger Bunch, I could not carry a tune in a bucket. and But he, I was fun, mm. and he wanted me in the choir. And so he put me in the front, and I dazzled, and I just lips. <laughs> I mean, I just went... No, no. <laughs> and acted like I was singing, but they wanted me on the bus because I was fun. You know, this, Dave, I think this is another thing. I'm not a butthole. And I think that yeah. um, I've got a sweet spirit. I mean, there's a lot of, th- I got a lot of mm. flaws. There's a lot of terrible things wrong with me, but I'm, uh, I'm a sweet spirit. So I think, you know, I always had a lot of friends. I could make friends easy. I would, we'd laugh, we'd yeah. have a ball, you know. Yeah, but my mama's like that. Our next partner has a product that gives you more energy and an optimized immune system. I started taking Athletic Greens for just that reason. With the kids' schedules, touring, or writing sessions, I hardly have enough time to blink, much less think about my nutrition. I've taken AG1 by Athletic Greens and can totally see the difference in my daily energy level. With so much stress in life, Athletic Greens makes it so simple to maintain healthy nutritional habits and give our bodies the nutrients they need to survive. Just one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, your body is absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and buckle up for this one adaptogens i use ag1 by athletic greens because it ensures i keep a healthy lifestyle with my busy schedule when on the road it's so hard to eat healthy fast food or convenience store fare is less than desirable especially in the nutrition department i use athletic greens because it keeps me on track when eating healthy is hardest ag1 contains less than one gram of sugar no gmos no nasty chemicals and certainly no artificial anything when you subscribe to athletic greens they even throw in a year supply of vitamin d which is crucial during these winter months when it seems like sunlight is basically gone for good (laughs) for less than three dollars a day with athletic greens you can invest in your health i guarantee you that's cheaper than your starbucks habit oh i'm looking at you supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash dadville again that's athleticgreens.com slash dadville to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance that that sort of changes you know one of the things been really fun about doing this podcast and interviewing all the friends i was telling you about is that you know it seems to be there's there's kind of a couple reasons that people get really funny is is it's either their way of surviving high school and college or you know kind of early life whatever that is because you learn like oh man humor can be this thing that can you know, um, get me out of a bind or get me friends or whatever. Right. Um, and it seems to be that a lot of comedians, I mean, are pretty introverted kind of heady folk, which I didn't, you know, I don't have like a lot of comedian friends at all. I have a lot of hysterical friends, but they're not professional comedians, you know? And it tends to be that the more I meet that world, the more they're kind of more quiet, sort of insulated insular people. And so you're, you're sort of ruining two paradigms in that one, you were like cute and, popular in high school and then two that you're 
kind and sort of, you know. Well, not, I say. am. I, I don't feel, yeah, like I'm twisted and dark and the world's coming to an end. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I did have stuff happen to me in my childhood, painful things that I probably mm. coped by being funny. Mm. So, yeah. 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 So that, I do have some of that too. Yeah. So do you, do you remember, like, do you remember the, I mean, this is maybe too, uh, on the nose question but do you remember being funny the first time like do you do you have a memory of you saying something and people really responding whatever that scenario was that you could have been five at a birthday party or you were at your church and you got on the mic um, or was there ever yeah, some I'm, i mean i don't remember specifics but i remember being five because my family owned the grocery store in that little town and my mama oh, wow. would uh, work the cash register and smoke cigarettes and uh and dazzle <laughs> and i remember standing out you know, there yeah, cool. you know talking and people standing around me and listening and i was wow five. even uh-huh. at that age and, but i and i can tell you this thing god revealed to me at five that i was going to be doing this i knew it in wow. my heart you at, at that five. age and let me tell wow. you this i've had people just lately say to me we were in san antonio had a show at the majestic um three nights ago or four nights ago when I'm, I'm losing track of time. And my sister brought some girls that she was in a sorority with at Austin P to the, on the trip to San Antonio. And one of them said to me, she goes, Leanne, I remember you coming to help your sister move in and your parents move her into the dorm. And that's the first time I ever met Beth. And she said, I said to you, what is your name? And she said, you were, you had on a basketball uniform and you were, uh, uh, bouncing a basketball so I know I was in uh, it was my freshman year of high school because my sister's three years older than me so she was a hmm. so uh, yeah, and Margot said to me what is your name and I said I'm Leanne and I'm going to be famous I'm going to be oh a, I'm going to be a star and she said and I and she went okay and I and I said I did I said I'm so sorry I was so arrogant but she said, you were bouncing a basketball. And I can tell you, I was a big tomboy and I loved sports. And at that time, then I got a boyfriend and I screwed that, all that over. You know, didn't care and didn't hustle. But anyway, yeah. uh, I said, Marco, did I really say that? And she goes, yes. And then my mama, they just, they're burying her today. My mom's good friend, Margaret. Oh, I'm so I know, but you know, she's in glory oh, now, Dave, because she was in, she yeah, had terrible cancer and she is no longer suffering. Oh. But Margaret would was work for them at the store, and they were not. She and my mm. mom would sit and smoke cigarettes together and talk. And she mm. would say to me, like she said to me as a grown woman not too long ago, Leanne, I renew it. I knew you were going to be doing this when you were a little bitty girl. We knew, we all knew it. We knew it. And I thought, what oh. was I doing? I guess I was tap dancing, honey, on concrete in an old <laughs> country grocery store. Because Lord knows I didn't yes. have my mama didn't drive till she was forty three, so we lived out in the middle of oh the country, gosh. and I did I never took a lesson, or I got I always wanted to learn how to dance and tie up and do all that, and I never got to do any of that because they worked all the time and she didn't drive. So um, I don't know where I got it, but I I knew I remember Adams that early. Adams had a talent show, and I put I put myself in the talent show when I was five, and I was going doing what I was going to dance to um share sunny and share um what was that song cherokee nation cherokee tribe remember oh i don't know all i can think of is the tim mcgraw song. yeah yeah he the, had one too that yeah, mentioned that's... the cherokee but um <laughs> yeah cherokee whatever that song was and i had a very politically incorrect 
dance thing mm. doing to the mm. thing. But I yeah, had a, yeah, my yeah, little yeah. record player yeah. that you could open and close. It would play if it closed. And my sister yep. freaked out. Yep. She was so shy and older than me. And she took me off the out of the contest and said, it's no. embarrassing, you can't do this. And the, and still to this day, she'll go, I'm so sorry I did that. And I go, Beth, you need to let that go. <laughs> I probably would have won, yeah. But, that, you know, I'm okay. I've let that, you know, I've healed from that. You don't yeah. need to sit. She said, yeah, you know, yeah. drink a glass of wine and go, oh my gosh, I can't believe I took you off that talent. Yeah. And I'm like, it's okay. You'd have been living in Beverly Hills right now, just, you know, like you and, you and, uh, you know, whoever the hot star is, just drinking your mimosas at your pool, looking out over the Hollywood Hills. Well, I right did. Now, I no. did think I was going to be a knit girl, and and I'm 56 years old, and I've got a stomach now, and horrible things are happening to me. But I still, in my mind, I'll think, oh, I'm going to be the next hit girl. I'm going to be Charlize yeah. Theron. You know, and I'm yeah, not. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. So, so do you do you feel like? So you had confidence, basically, that you really felt like, okay, I, I've got this sort of, I've got this thing, and I just got to figure out what to do with it. You even felt I that like growing up. I did. You had that kind of confidence. I did, and I wow. had my mama, Lucille, going, uh, you can do it. You can do it. You can do anything. And and then I, in my high school, which was, four, I graduated 42 people, we had mm. a speech and drama class, and we would do oh, wow. improv, and I I loved it. I felt at home. I th I feel like I thrived oh, wow. in it. And this was crazy. In mm. my little bitty class, there were four boys that um, started a band called the Red River Boys, and they got a couple of record deals. And then one of oh, wow. them went on to be at uh, go to Juilliard and is an actor. And Jeez. so we had these all these creative people in that class, and we would do these speech and drama, Tom. and I loved it. But then. I got to UT and I, I don't know. I think in my mind, I would, I'd, I'd think, well, that's crazy. Am I cuckoo? I can't do that. That doesn't make, uh, you know. And then I, I'd go through times where I didn't have the confidence, and I, but being from a small yeah. town, I didn't know. Oh, just go to LA. Yeah. Oh, there are people who yeah, go. Right, I didn't right. know what to do and how yeah. to do it. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, so before we moved to Knoxville, I grew up in a town of eight thousand people in Mississippi. Uh, I was there from first to 10th grade and it's interesting, you know, I look back now and I'm so thankful for growing up there cause it was the best, it was the best thing in the world. Like, I mean, you know, just all those movies or country songs you hear where it's a quaint little to that was, that was where I grew up. It was the best. But I also think that by the time we left, I was, I was ready for something a little bigger. Like I was just getting interested in music. I was, you know, starting to get in skits and things and which I thought was so fun. And there was to your point. There just wasn't a place for it in that town. There was no, that nobody, that wasn't even a thing, yeah. you know. So from us to then move to Knoxville where, you know, we had like a drama department at Farragut. And I knew 10 people that played an instrument, like a electric guitar. And, and it was very good that I got out of that because all of a sudden, to your point, I, I was like, oh, this is something people do. Because in Mississippi, I was like, I don't know, like movie stars do this or whatever. You're like rock and roll star. I don't know who plays music, you know. So it was good that I got out in time to sort of see that, mm -hmm. you know, and sort of go, oh, this is an option. But even at UT, you didn't, you were kind of, that was not something you were considering. No, no. You didn't think and like, I, this is I was overwhelmed and I had left. Um, I, I, had, I chased a boy there, my high school boyfriend. Mm. And I thought, I'm not staying here long. I don't need this degree. We're going to get married and I'm going to raise a bunch of tobacco and children and can my 
own food. And then uh, I was coming off the youth fellowship group, and he was drinking in a fraternity, and I nagged him until he broke up with me. And then, uh, then that it was just, I did not. I never thought. Oh, go and and sign up for theater class. Yeah. And and I had my, yeah. you know, God love them, but I had people in my family going. You need to be as a woman. You need to be a secretary, or you need to be a teacher, or you know, these are the thing right. a nurse, or you need to be. And I just right. remember thinking, but that's not what I want to do. I'm going to be in Hollywood, but I don't know what. And I guess I got to get a degree now. And what? And so through. And then I started making horrible decisions, and lived a lot of life, Dave. And then. <laughs> Yes. And then I quit UT, then went back to UT, and then mm. I then I had kind of had the guts to go and try to sign up for a theater class. And then this woman in a tight bun at UT in the theater said, "If you're not majoring this, get out." And I'm a rule follower, oh, so wow. I got I didn't take it then. Yeah. But I really don't think I'm a theater oh. person anyway. I think that was all in God's plan. So I married my husband. That and I. Uh, get pregnant with my first baby. We're in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. He owns a used mm -hmm. mobile home business. And I start selling jewelry so that I can be with other women, meet people, and make a little money for myself because yeah. I want to stay at home yeah. and breastfeed. Yeah, yeah. And then I started selling this jewelry that I cared nothing about. I hate to say that, but I'm not a jewelry person. I cared less about it. My friend was selling it. And I would get up and I would schlep this jewelry around and I would lay that jewelry out and I'd eat brownies and and I was talk, supposed to be talking about jewelry and I I, I had I kind of had a shtick and I started developing oh, an yeah, act. Right, right, and right, so then right. the, the company noticed that I was booking like a year in advance for these parties because people thought I was funny. And oh my so that's gosh. how I got started in comedy. So, the, so somebody peed on a couch one night. I'm not kidding. And I thought, I, in my mind, that was one of those moments where I thought, "That is amazing." I, thought, I got it. I know Wait. I've got it. <laughs> You've got literal yeah. proof. And and Chuck proof. and I, when we were dating, went to see my sister in Southern California, and I went to the comedy store. I told him, "I go, I want to go to a comedy club." Oh yeah. And we went, and I remember thinking the whole time, like I, I couldn't even sit still because I thought I'm supposed to be doing this. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. But wow. I wanted a family, and I and I married Chuck, and then you know. I don't even know what I was thinking, but I had my first baby, and then I started selling that jewelry. And I'm telling you, it was all God's plan. It was. It's um, when I look back on it, He had me little comedy clubs in East yeah. Tennessee with yeah. little with women, my yeah. demographic. Yeah. And then the company asked me to start speaking at their big things. And you remember Dennis Swanberg, the Christian comedian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dennis yeah, yeah. was hired to be the entertainment at this because this was a Christian um, jewelry company. And he came up to me uh -huh. after I spoke. I was supposed to be speaking about how I was getting booked so far in advance. And he said, you need to be a stand-up. And, uh -huh, no and to me, having somebody say that, that did that professionally, yeah. gave me the strength to go, yeah. okay, yeah. I'm going to do it. I know I yeah. do it. And women would come up to me and that tell must me be... I need to be a stand-up. Yeah. They would say, I just pee yeah. on the uh, couch. You should do this for a living. You know, isn't it, that has to be affirming to know that this is one of the things I love about just giftedness. Like the, when people have something that they're really good at, it didn't matter where you were. I mean, you were literally in, you know, in the foothills, yeah, as you said, of mountains. Appalachian Mountains, selling jewelry and still you had this gift that was so obvious 
and so effective. Like it was, it was powerful that people could see you <laughs> selling jewelry in living rooms, which just really <laughs> makes me laugh. But you, but you were still so good at it that people were like, there's, you know, there's however many of us in this room, but we are all in agreement. Like you're really good at this. And I think that's such a cool thing. And it really, it must be affirming. I would hope it's affirming you to see that you were like, wow, you could stick you anywhere. And, and somebody was going to go like, Leanne, you, you are really funny. And I think that's, that's, that's obviously very different than the traditional route where you just get out and you start going and you're hitting it hard. But, but in some ways I would imagine is probably even more encouraging because it was almost like people, you had so many people around you, I'm sure going, you got to yeah. go, like pushing they out did. of the nest to go, to go, to go, which is so that's, I love that. That's so Well, and if I had, so then my husband sold that business and went to work for a large mobile home company, moved us to South Texas, San Antonio was where we lived. And I had a comedy club for the first oh, time. Wow. So I went and did open mic scared out of my mind. And you're right. If I'd, if I'd have started doing open mic, somewhere at 18 years old or whatever it's no telling what would have happened yeah. today i mean i just was not ready yeah. for it yeah and, yeah. and really Dave, yeah right i don't think i had anything interesting to say when i was 18 i would have yeah. talked about my yeah. thighs you know i mean i right and now i had by the time i got started i had three babies we moved across the mm. united states and then i would yeah. drive back and forth to austin cap city comedy club one of the best comedy clubs in the united states and they believed in me and said Wow. Uh, I would go to Chick Stick and do 10 minutes on the night where they let women get up. And the manager who I saw in Duran, Oklahoma, two nights ago, who's been my dear friend, she believed in me and moved me from opener to wow. headliner for the first time in their history. So wow. that was 20 years ago. And, uh, and things started happening for me pretty quickly. And I say that, but I mean, I raised three children. Mainly three children were mm, my yeah, yeah, priority. Yeah. And my yeah. husband's an executive, so he was traveling and doing. But I was right, able to right. carve out a career. I knew it couldn't be a traditional way in clubs every week. I couldn't have raised my own children. Yeah, right, right, right. So I right, had to find right. another way. And I and I found it, and I never had to hire anybody to take care of these children. And, Gosh, and I had amazing. them all. And I've had Hollywood after me for years. I've had four development deals and and. I'm on my fourth one right now. No, the other three did not make it, but they were with ABC, Nick at Night, TV Land. Jeez. And I was living in Knoxville, back in Knoxville, Tennessee, had three babies. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So tell me, so tell me this first question of that, because I'm really fascinated with this. I, I have this whole theory and I've, I've told this to the other comics I've had on. I'm so curious to see what you think, but I, I feel like there are people who, um, who are funny i feel like people and this is i'm i've butchered this every time i've said it so forgive me but i feel like people are basically comedians or i think of them in two different types of comedians right you have the people who are kind of like bit comedians like they have little minute pops you know bam bam and they're going through and they're you know and, and everything's kind of developed around the bit but then i think there are people who are kind of storytellers you know they just kind of like you strike me as one of these where i think if you are at any place you are that could be a coffee shop in Green Hills. They could, and, and you get a couple of people around you. It's just, here we go. It buckle <laughs> up. Because it's going to be, you know, because you love to tell stuff. And you're funny. And it's that really powerful combination of someone who's just really funny, who gets some way to think about humor as it is. And so when you talk, that's how you talk. You just talk about funny stuff. And I think you're that way. So what was, what was where the others, I think, are a lot more, you know, they're working right, on bits. Right. It's about like. And I don't have that. I don't have that gift. That's not how I. 
Oh, that's that's me not my thing at all. And at I admire all. people yeah, who can do that. Either. You know, that's ama- It's amazing. It, but with that said, did you find that it was hard to do open mic nights? Because when I think of storytellers, you know, a story can take you. 10 minutes and you're probably going to tell a million funny jokes inside the 10 minutes, but you still got to tell the story, right? right? Like, so did you find those open mics to be tricky where you'd show up and you're like, gosh, this story about, you know, obviously the swim dresses later in life, but something like that where you're going, okay, I can't do that right. in three minutes. And that's what, yes. Know? And I was terrified and felt like I was going to vomit. And, uh, it just did not feel right to me. You know, it just didn't feel good yeah. to me. And then they started, they would let yeah. me go up at the late night. They called it and uh, uh-huh. In San Antonio, and everybody was high on marijuana and drunk, and it'd be midnight, and I'd been up with kids from school, and you know, felt like I had the Jeez, flu, nice. and then I would have to do, you know, ten minutes or something, and I would be talking about how somebody doo dooed on a t-ball field, and there, and I'm talking to twenty-one-year-olds, you know, that are high, but anyway, all those those steps they've been wonderful, but it and still had to make them laugh. Oh, well, I think they did. Yeah, but no, they did. Mm-hmm. So. So how did you navigate? How this is amazing, and I and I want to and I want to just I can't praise you enough for this because this is you know in Dadville we talk about this a lot with dads is how to navigate that space where you know Andy Stanley who's this passion. Honey, I know Andy and Andrew's Andy. open for me. Come on Andrew, now, Andrew, Come his on. son. Oh, look at that! Andrew is his, his son is a so riot, funny. a riot. Yes. So funny. Uh, but Andy did a sermon series called Choosing to Cheat, and, and which I thought was like maybe the most licentious. <laughs> I was like, how dare you talk about that from the pulpit? But what he basically said was, you know, you're either going to cheat your family or your career, and one will always be cheated. And that that was early in my music career, but it really stuck with me. I thought, you know, wow, that feels right to me. Like, one is going to suffer as the other prospers, but you get to pick, you know. And, and it sounds like you somehow navigated that really well. I can't imagine how hard that would have been. But but as I was saying to encourage you, it's amazing you've done that. I want to first just applaud that. That's such an amazing feat. But how in the world did you? So did you just, did you do a lot of private shows? I did a lot shows? of private. Were you doing like a lot of, okay. And if somebody okay. said, will you come up here and do, you know, 30 minutes for the people who volunteer at the hospital and we'll pay you a, a oh, cafeteria wow. food. I did it. I did yeah. whatever I could. Yep. So I did a lot of yep. private corporate. I did a lot of uh, fundraisers. Um, yeah. I did some churches, but you know, the Christian entertainment business is hard to get into. If you're not in it, you're kind of <laughs> yeah. on the outside. Yeah. So they yeah. are just not. Well, doesn't it feel a little tricky? I always, I always, <laughs> I always get a little <laughs> giggly at these things because people are really funny, but you can see that they've also got a little bit of a point they're going to make. You know, like funny, 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 funny. But listen, I want to tell you something. You're like, whoa, okay, this has got. You know, yeah, you and I felt go. like from the word go, I felt like God was not calling me to do that, to be in the Christian entertainment wow. industry, wow. because I did talk about peeing in a bathing suit one time at a church, and somebody said something like, you know, that you can't say that, and I thought, you know, peeing in a peeing's normal. It, and that has nothing yeah. to do with, with my salvation. Jesus yeah. Pete. So I feel like God always put me in these, you know, in clubs and in other situations mm. where uh, it. And if I did do some kind of Christian entertainment, it was uh, it was fine, but it didn't. It wasn't. I wasn't as successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, and I, yeah. I did feel like I had to hold back, even though I'm a clean comedian. But I don't. I want to talk about right, real. right. You know, I want to talk, I want to be real. Right, 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 right. And right, I don't want right, that to, you right. know. But so, um, um, I look back on it and I think, 
I'll, well, I've done little tours. I mean, God just put me in places I was supposed to be. I did little tours with um, two other women called the Southern Fried Chicks. And we mm-hmm. did like 50 mm-hmm. dates a year. And it'd be on the weekend. My husband mm-hmm. could take care of the kids while I was gone. And yep. and I was yep. really the opener for them. They were both very seasoned comedians. And I would I would go out first. and But that gave me experience. And I worked in these beautiful theaters mm. and with them. And... Um, and that that was something that I could do, and uh, yeah. made me look legit to Hollywood and that kind of thing to have those dates. But mm-hmm. I I did maybe yeah. four or five clubs, the same clubs every year, and the and I could not wow. get past that. Like nobody wanted to book me because they didn't know me because I wasn't this hard road comic, you know. And I and I kind of have a chip on my shoulder now that I'm I'm doing this big tour and everything I wonder if you know people that have done comedy for years that have never met me in clubs think oh she's not legit cuz she went out here doing road comedy but you know what Dave if they think that I've gotten to the point now I'm okay I don't care yeah because I did yeah. I did horrible horrible gigs I did my time over 22 years in other horrible yes. ending clubs, yes. but mostly just bizarre. Yes. Like I did, I did a show yeah. for men that make carpet fiber in Dalton, Georgia, and I don't think I'll ever get over it. <laughs> for, first of all, half the people were Japanese. I did not; they did not know a thing I was saying. The other boys were these white men that looked at me like I don't want to hear about doo doo on a t-ball field yeah. and. Uh, you yeah. peeing in your bathing suit, and uh, I wanted somebody to shoot me. I really thought if somebody would just shoot me, <laughs> I got through my material in 30 minutes. I was supposed to do an hour. I mean, I just, I was pulling stuff out of my yeah. butt. Mm-hmm. See ya. So I've yeah. done terrible gigs, and I've done, did, I've yes. done time. It's just been a, di- I had to do it in a different way because I had these three babies, and I, and Brian Dorfman said to me at Zany's in Nashville 20 years ago, Leanne, you've got three babies. Roseanne mm-hmm. ro- uh, uh, raised hers in a, station wagon in the parking lot of a club and it didn't turn out well and i said you're right yeah. i mean he was right when he said lean you cannot do this and yeah. like a club comment you cannot do it you, you got to raise these children and he was right and i wanted to mm. i wanted to be with for my children i didn't want to leave mm. them you know yeah well you know and I, I can't imagine obviously how you feel but I would imagine that's got you've got to, that's something that you ha- still have to be so proud of is that you I, I doubt there are many regrets you looking back I raising your kids going I should have been on the I road I really more. don't I you don't know. now I did miss yeah. a couple of international nights at CAK at Christian Academy of Knoxville when they would dress up like Greek people <laughs> you know and that I missed a couple of those and I feel bad over that but no I was their daddy had to miss a lot because he was out making a living for all of us there's another thing yeah Dave. that's right I was so lucky that I had a husband who was who mm. believed in me and would say whatever mm. you want to do and he made the living I didn't have to get out here and make a yeah. living you know I didn't and yeah, I could pick right. and choose yeah. what I did yeah yeah that that um golly I, so so do you feel like because it seems like on the outside, it just, what do you think the meteoric sort of last few years can be attributed to? Other than obviously you being hysterical. But like, do you do you feel like now that sort of your the, the kids are all out and moving, you sort of were able to put the attention to it that you wanted to? Or do you think social media sort of was this perfect timing of everybody was like, oh my gosh, we can share this stuff so quick. Like my sister and I, where she's sending me the, <laughs> I'm gonna start laughing. <laughs> But she's sending me <laughs> the swim dress. <laughs> that bit. 
Leanne, I, I'm starting to laugh, cry right now, but I listened to that and I must have said that. I made my wife, we were laying in bed and I was on my phone, about to go to sleep. And she was like, what are you laughing at? I was like, let me just finish it and then I'll give it to you. And then she started laughing just as hard. And I just, I mean, that's, it is, this stuff is ridiculous and it's so easy to share. I mean, you've been so smart to put them up in, you know, sizable bits that sort of can get moved along quickly, you know, but, but what, what do you think happened that you've, can, have you been able to trace back this sort of last Yeah, honey, I can tell you exactly what happened. Insanity. Okay. So my manager has stuck with me for 14 years in LA and when I couldn't, oh, honey, I had a crash thyroid or I'd have a, uh, one of my kids would go off to college and I'd take to the band and he has stuck by <laughs> me no matter what. God love him. And um, I said to him, I go, uh, I think, oh, before that, before that, I was going to do, this is how glamorous my life was. Okay, I was going, and I had television deals, they didn't make it, and then, uh, you know, that's big disappointment. And then, and then after, yeah. you know, two or three of them, you realize how this rodeo works, and you're like, I don't trust any right, of them. Right, anyway, right. Um, he said to me, Leanne, you're going to go out and do this. Now, this is how unglamorous my life was. And I love the guy that hires me to do this, and we're, st we're still really good friends, little Barry. But I was hired to do a um, Dubuque Chamber of Commerce luncheon. Now, that's how glamorous my career was going, Dave. I was doing the yeah, Dubuque right, right. Chamber of Commerce luncheon, not even the night gig. Right. The luncheon. Right. So my manager right. said, Lynn, there's this, these <clears throat> uh, people out in Utah are doing this thing called Dry Bar, and it's a special. Oh, yes. And he said, nobody will ever hear from it. You'll, nobody will ever see it, but we'll get some good video. And he goes, so I'm going to sign you. They want you. I'm going to get. Uh, and, honey, we we did not think. Nobody had ever heard of it. It was new. That so is I crazy. go out there and do a bunch. He goes, just do some old material to get it on, you know, just to do it because you don't want to do your new material. And so I did my old doo-doo ball, t-ball, all that. And I think I did. I, Lord, I don't even remember it. Anyway, yeah, you I did. did. I, yeah, I've seen it. I yeah. had a terrible mm -hmm. spray tan. The spray tan had rubbed off, and my there's a lot of things that I'd love to tell you was going wrong. <laughs> anyway, I did that special thinking nobody'd ever hear from it again, and but darn if they didn't explode it. And then that gave me. I got a lot of work that year from that, but it was like it was sweet things. But it was it was I was still doing the grind where it was a certain amount of money and it you know and pay your travel yeah. out of it and it you know yeah. fine but not great yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. then yeah. Yeah. I said to, but they gave me the money to say um, you know what I said to my manager I go I noticed that Jim Gaffigan I'm a huge fan of Jim Gaffigan and mm -hmm. um, and I, Nate Margazzi was just exploding. And I was looking at everything they were doing, and I said, "Somebody's doing their social media." And I and my manager goes, "Oh, that's so expensive. You don't need to be doing. You know, you can't do that." And uh, and I I thought, you know what? For the first time in my career, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a whirl. And if I'm gonna hire somebody, wow. and if it doesn't, because I knew, you know, it's no longer the t the newspaper, radio, all that stuff we used to do. Now it's this social media, you know. And I, mine was pitiful, yeah. pitiful. And I don't know how to do yeah, any of that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I could barely turn on this so you and I could talk. So, <laughs> I this is a God thing. I found these two young guys in Plano, Texas, 
And I hired them, and I thought, I'm going to give it, because it is expensive, and I thought, I'm going to give it two or three months mm-hmm. and just see what happens. If something doesn't happen, oh my gosh. I'm going to, and my dream was, you know, to have to be in theaters and people find my audience and sell out and do these beautiful theaters. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I thought, if this does not happen, then I'm going to retire out of this, and I'm going to go to work at Target. Wow. I really did. I thought, I'm going to go to work at Target, and wow. I'm going to put the bedding up in the back on those shelves. I've always thought that would be fun. You knew what was going to happen at Target. Is everybody be like, Liam, why are you go well, to if, comedy? Well, you know, if like, they still made popcorn, and the and yes, I would. I'd be, honey, I would be doing that. that popcorn and talking. Come on. Come on. But, so, uh. <laughs> Honey, they just clear out the clothes in the back <laughs> corner, and it's literally just a venue yeah. for you. you I would just... have had a ball. I really would have, and I would have known everybody. And <laughs> you'd have killed it. You'd have had your own little Branson corner. In oh, the back Branson! Of in the... But and they and I would have found out everybody's personal business that worked at Target. But um, and that's so much comedy. Oh, so I know. Much, so I need to still bits. work at Target. But anyway, that all the these two boys. And I call them boys because my son's 28 years old, and these are young men. They're, you know, they're 30, and they've got little babies. But they were precious, and they st- they put out the second video, I think, was the one that went viral. And I had, I mean, they had, I started with them on October the 1st, and I moved my middle, my baby child into a school in Manhattan. We were in a hotel room with her suitcases, and I said, something, something's happening. With this video, because were you getting texts? I was and getting. Stuff? I just noticed these notifications, and I thought they're sharing it. Oh, and wow. and Drybard already had multi-million views, but but it did not translate into ticket sales. Like my manager got wow. me out, and I was in clubs working, and I couldn't sell tickets. And they were like, "We love her. She doesn't get drunk and fight in the parking lot, but we're not having her back." <laughs> And so I thought then I thought my life is over, and that's fine, and I'm going to hang this thing up, and wow. then. Wow. That video went viral, and it, and that something about that, people started going, what else does she have, I think is what happened. And then they started looking at Dry Bar, yes. and they started looking at all the others. And I yeah. had, you know, yeah. 22 yeah. years of material. So these young guys just started putting this stuff out, and people started following me. That is cr- and, and so you saw it just felt like wildfire. It felt like a wave. I could feel the wave. I could feel I was riding a wave. I'm not kidding. I don't even know how to describe it. But I said to my husband, wow. something is happening. And everybody was like, be quiet. Get this big suitcase and get in this Uber. You know, because we were trying to write. And everybody was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> You're like, my career is exploding, I said folks. something. Okay, could you yeah, give me I five said, minutes? something is happening. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they've listened to me for years, like, oh, I've got to deal with ABC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got to deal right, with, right, yeah, you know, right, right. so what. And then I get in, paranoid in my own mind thinking, am I like these American Idol kids that think they can sing? You oh, know, I get, yeah, I think, yeah, maybe yeah, I am cooking. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. all that's when it happened. And then I started selling out, selling tickets everywhere. I mean, everywhere. Everywhere I went, sell that out in minutes. Crazy. It went from my manager telling people she'd like to come back to the Tampa improv and they're like, Lover, darling, no, to yeah. Yeah. can she do five shows? We've sold out, you know. Jeez. I know. It was crazy. Jeez. And then I got paranoid and thought that people were gonna think, Oh, she's one of these not that anything's wrong with these YouTubers, but she's she's not really a comedian. She's yeah, just yeah, come out with yeah, some. A comedian, but yeah. I've been doing this for yeah. 22 years, and it, I just happened right, to. Find, right. I mean, I just found my audience at my, at 50, 
you know, what was I then? 53, 52 years old. And they just came in, in droves. They, I mean, I, I was looking, I was looking at your Instagram page today. I mean, these are huge theaters you're doing. I know. And let me tell you, this is what I think, Dave. I think that, and what do I know? But this is what I think. I think that nobody is speaking to my demographic. And I think mm. nobody, uh, it's not that people don't care about them, but uh, Hollywood's not putting them as yeah. a priority. Yeah. And these are just That's everyday women. Yeah. And I got a lot of men fans too mm. that are, you know, but it's, it's just everyday you angel. I mean, I'm, I'm shocked. Oh, there, there's a, you cute thing no, with your hair. No. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Quote unquote with your hair. <laughs> and teeth. Pretty teeth. <laughs> still got, I still got them. I still got them. Okay. So I want to, I want to talk about being funny for a minute and how funny you are. I have a, a few questions for you. Does your husband think I don't think funny? so. Dave and I, and he'll say, I've heard it. I've heard it. And I go, no, you haven't. No, you haven't heard yeah, this. this and, and I do think that he, um, I think he thinks I'm pretty and I think he thinks, mm-hmm. you know, you know, he still wants to make out with me and stuff, but I, no, I don't think, I think he, <laughs> you really, you really no, don't. And I, but I do don't. think that his sense of humor is more, uh, now he, he does get tickled every once in a while, but it's rare. It can be extremely difficult to open up to another person about what's going on in your life. It's hard enough to talk to your closest friends and family about your troubles, much less a complete stranger. That's why I'm so glad Talkspace makes it easy to talk to a certified therapist from the comfort and privacy of your own home. Unlike traditional therapy, you can message your therapist at any time of day via text, video, or voice. It's 100% secure and totally stigma-free, exactly the way therapy should be. Therapy is too important to your overall health to skip, and Talkspace makes it so easy and approachable. Talkspace really puts the therapist or counselor's office right at your fingertips, and without any stuffy lobbies or having to wait more than a week, sometimes a month, just to get an appointment. No matter if you struggle with depression, anxiety, self-doubt, you name it, Talkspace gives you access to the help you need and the tools to move forward. There's really no substitute for therapy, especially from Talkspace's certified professionals. Stop digging yourself in a hole and get the help you need for your mental health today. Join Talkspace today and start moving forward with a single message. Just visit Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month when you use the promo code DADVILLE at sign up. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com, promo code DADVILLE. Look, it's been a couple hard years for everybody. Seems like there's never been a better time to start talking about it than now. It his, He likes, this is the difference. I'm a Saturday Night Live, Will Ferrell person. He's a yes, um, yes. Monty Python person. And I'm, okay, you know what I'm okay. saying? Okay. So I don't. Yes. And But yeah. he did see yeah. me at the ramen. He did. I made him sell T-shirts. And he did say, oh he said there were some things in there that he, he remarked over, and it made me feel good. But no, my kids think I'm funny, and they're very funny. Okay, that's, that was my next yeah, question. They okay. think I'm funny. So they, but so they, so you're like your, your daughters and son can, like, they'll yeah. laugh with you. That, like, if you say something in the kitchen or they come up, like, until y'all start we're weak. Together. Yes, we're weak and we can't make a face. Okay, okay, yes. okay. Okay. And, and meanwhile, your husband's kind of, Unamused, yeah, but he's yeah, there. and he's sh- just sort of- y'all, I'm trying to watch, yeah. <laughs> is, you know, it's funny. My wife is is not; she's not that bad, <laughs> but it's not real far off. Like it is because people ask me a lot. They're like, "I mean, do you just?" Well, it's always two questions. Does your wife just love your love songs? And I'm like, one, she couldn't care less. 
that she couldn't care less. And then two, they say, does she just laugh all the time? I'm like, no, she doesn't. She really, like, there's a lot of, please stop. We got to get them <laughs> out to school. Like, Dave, come on. And I'm like, but I, I'm in the middle of something. And it's getting, it's getting my little guy, Sam. He's laughing. So Sam, check this out. And she's like, this is, come on. You know, let's, let's go. Let's go. So I, I do think there, I do think there is something to having a, and I love her for that. I love her for that. I, if she was amused by me, it'd be the end. I mean, it would just be the, I'd have too much power. Yeah, you know and your I mean? little children wouldn't go to, to school. Somebody. Oh. Somebody's <laughs> got to run things, you know. Is she the type A anal retentive one? Is she the driven oh, she, anal oh. retentive? Yes, yes. She's, she's yeah. yeah, she's very, she's very driven, A you know, A-type black and white. So it is funny because I, we would have a cult. <laughs> like if she thought I was funny, we'd just have a cult. We'd just be living in our basement drinking Kool-Aid like, Everybody be laughing at me. I'd be miserably unhappy all at the same yeah. time. Um, okay, so, so okay, that that's mildly that's mildly encouraging me here that your husband is is maybe easy. Yeah, it keeps you humble. So, so let me ask you this: It does. Well, it does, and I think too for me, it's just like, you know, it's 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 good for me because when she does laugh, it is like a symphony i just feel like and i'm like what I, like there's time and it's so funny because i'm like what i just do and she's like <laughs> you just and i'm like oh god is that funny and she's like it got me and i'm like <laughs> shoot i wouldn't even hold on let me write it again i can do it better what did i say i can let me and that's probably your love so you, words of affirmation My oh two. it is let mm -hmm. me tell you and i don't get em. it is that's why i talk so much i don't <laughs> i don't get them i, I said to my husband either. today because he was trying to grab me somewhere. And I said, could you say, I missed you, you look pretty, something? Any of it, any of it. Isn't that, that's a whole other thing. The love language is thing is so hysterical because like, you know, hers is access and she's just the best. She's the best. She will do these things and they're so sweet and it means the world. And I'll tell her how beautiful she is every day, a hundred times a day. She doesn't, doesn't care. You know, I'll come home. She's cleaned the house. She's like, she's just standing there staring at me. I'm like, what? She's like, and I'm like, you look pretty. She's like, no, what's the other thing? And I'm like, I don't know. The Clorox bit, by the way, it killed me, <laughs> killed me. I'm going to start using that. That was Thank genius. you, my darling. So, so, so let me ask you this about the live show. Do you, how much are you changing jokes in real time? Like, are you reading the room, adding things? Or are you pretty good about kind of sticking to sort of what you know? Or, or if it's really working one night and you're like, man, they are just in. And you, and you know, are you sort of chasing that? Or are you trying to kind of keep it? In, I chase that. If it's like that kind of magical stuff, I chase that. Yeah, now, yeah, when yeah, I'm yeah, in yeah. clubs, I yeah. can do a lot more, uh, of whatever I want to do and talk to people and all that and these big yeah. theaters I can't yeah. and this is this is yeah. now that I'm at this level and and do you know we're I'm trying to work on a tight hour yeah right and everybody's like a new hour a new hour like every eight nine months and see I I didn't come up you know it used to be where yeah. Richard Pryor did one special in ten years you can live off that you can't do that anymore right you got to go ever <laughs> right, right, so right. it's just yeah I would love to be able to just do whatever. But I'm now I'm working on this tight hour and I, you know so I I do a little bit of both I guess, you know cause like in San Antonio yeah, yeah. I, because I live there I talk for twenty minutes about San Antonio, and things oh, about that, them yeah totally yeah because I I loved it yeah. and we were there for three years and and then Houston not so much I talked a little bit about Sam Houston you know because David Cronkett in Tennessee, but um, <laughs> yeah that's and right. then I've built like Sam Houston now but um. And then I'm trying to think, Duran, Oklahoma, 
I probably kept it pretty much on script, probably. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. just different every night. It's different every night. Well, you know what? It, this this is this is um, random, and the people listening to this podcast are going to roll their eyes so hard because I've talked about this every time. But it was one of the biggest takeaways that I had. So three years ago in, in 2018, I had a tour where um, I did thir- uh, 30 minutes, 45 minutes of music, 15-minute intermission, then 45 minutes of stand-up. Oh. And it was really fun. But the rooms were super different. So I do 300 people in Portland, and then... You know, I did the Bijou in, in Knoxville, and here I did the Ryman in Nashville. And it was such a weird, talk about it, on-the-job on, on training, where, you know, 300 people, and this is why I was, I, when you said theater, it made me think of this, it's fast. I mean, they've laughed, and it's mm-hmm. done quick. Uh-huh. Like, ha, 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 uh-huh. And you're off to the next joke, right? Boy, the Ryman, I'll ne- I've never learned so much in real time as that show, because you do a joke, and then the laugh would take five seconds. And you're just kind of standing, okay. And so with these theaters, I have to imagine for you, that's got to be another thing you're learning to your point about not doing crowd work or whatever, is you're like, oh, wow, I can't do that bit that killed last night at the smaller room or whatever, or last tour or last year or whatever, doesn't translate here because people, you know, you got to do a pace they can hear clearly, see you clearly. You know, you're doing a few thousand people. It's like you can't do the things that may have been yeah. really fun about two tours ago, but it's more people. So it's fun that way. The energy's different, but that was such a crazy thing for me. And I, I remember laughing so hard at myself because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know physically what to do. Cause the, the, you know, pace I'd gotten used to and how, where I stood and how it did suddenly was taking twice as long because there's all these people, yeah. a couple yeah. thousand people in the run and you're having to, and I'm standing there and I don't, just okay. You know, oh, nodding. Oh, thank you. Okay. <clears throat> oh, <laughs> all right. Thank. You. Okay. Oh, still laughing. Okay. I'm gonna walk over here and then look at these. You know, it's just things that I was like, oh, I guess that's like a thing. That's yeah. And let me tell you, when I did arenas, we, I just did two arenas with um, Jeff Foxworthy and one with Nate Bargatze. Oh gosh, what is that oh, like? I th- I mean that freaked me out because that's you know five thousand people. So that laugh that I had my friend Reno Collier that I had a. Sirius XM radio show with years ago, he said, because he opened for yeah. Larry the Cable Guy for years, and he said, oh, Lynn, that's a whole different animal. So he said, make sure you can see people's faces in the front row and just go by what they're doing. Wow. Because he said, wow, there's a delay. He goes, because it's so big. Jeez. I know. Can you imagine? That yeah, can you imagine the bridge, Bridgestone? I mean, oh I don't gosh, know what no. the world that would be like. Yeah. You just keep talking because you don't. You know don't what's know what's going, what's going like, on. Are, are you guys laughing? Are people mad at me? Is <laughs> what's happening? Um, so, do you think, like, do you think it's hard to be funny without being dirty? Um, do you find that challenging? No, but but yeah. I just, uh, I I don't know. I think being a mama, I just thought mm-hmm. I, from the word go, it just did not feel right to me to be. I mean, I talk about you know prostituting mm-hmm. myself to my husband and stuff. But I don't, but being like nasty, it just, I guess I always had this thing. I didn't want to say anything that I didn't want my children to say. So I just, yeah, yeah. You know, I just didn't. And 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 my grandparents would say Jesus is watching. Like every time I left the house, they yeah, go, Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus yeah, is watching. Yeah, and and I am a believer, yeah. and so I didn't want to do anything uh, that that I didn't want him to yeah. be proud of. Yeah, right. To glorify right. God, right. and so I. <laughs> Even though the churches didn't like it. Even though, yeah, some people were like, I cannot believe that you said so-and-so, you urinated, you know. 
I just, yeah, I believe yeah. that was God going. We ain't going here, girl. But yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I also think this. I think that He wanted me in places where they're already believing in mm. church. They're already there. Yeah, yeah. They don't need me. Yeah. And yeah, I also would say yeah. this, and I'm not comparing myself to Johnny Cash. But I remember Johnny Cash saying once something about, you know, I'm a believer, but I'm going to talk about prison and, you know, being on drugs and all the things he went through. Mm. And I just have always thought I want to be able to say whatever yeah. I want to. And because it's, yeah. you know, I want to be truthful and I got something yeah. to say and I want to be able to say yeah. it. Yeah, that's great. That's it's funny. My my music career when I started, I thought I was gonna do the Christian thing because hey, I'm a Christian. I was like, sure. And I'm telling you, Leanne, I would write these songs that I thought were Christian, and they were so bad. <laughs> I'd play them for my friends, and they were like, "They that's one of the worst songs I've ever heard." And you can't rhyme "freeze us" with Jesus. It's too easy. So then it was like I started writing these love songs and other songs, and all of a sudden people were like, "This is really good." And I was like, "Well, that's interesting." So for me, it felt very. I, I just think God was like, "This is where I need you." And it's not in that space. I have people doing that and they're great. And that's what they mm-hmm. want to do. And that was the other thing too I realized is I would talk to people and they'd, who were in the Christian music space and they were like, I want to be here. And I was like, oh, okay. Not that <laughs> right. I didn't. Like I wasn't like, but I was just like, I don't, that, I don't feel as comfortable there. So it's interesting to hear you say that about your comedy because I definitely, my beginnings, I just thought surely this is going to be a church thing. It just never worked. And then I'd go to a club or, you know, a bar, a college or whatever. And it was like, man, this is so much easier and more fun. Even though I didn't think at the time, like, cause I just did not, you know, my dad was a pastor and I did not grow up in that world at all. Like at all. I didn't take a drink of alcohol until I got married because Anne made me cause she's a sinner that way. But, um, I remember going to bars for the first time Leanne, and I just literally thought, I don't know what I'm going to see in here. They're probably going to be people having fornicating. You know, some kind of relations. <laughs> yeah, fornicating in the corner. And I don't even know if the crowd's going to be clothed. I li- I'm not kidding. I really thought I was going to get on stage and it just be like, close your eyes and sing. Because if you open your eyes, it's going to be Dante's Inferno's like in front of you. And it just wasn't. It was, the, I mean, it was just people. It's same. People, people everywhere. everywhere. Right? You know? Yeah. But I was in it. those bars yeah. um, doing God knows what in the 80s when I was lost. <laughs> And, you know, I think about it. I look back and I think, oh, my gosh, God knew better than if I'd have gone to L.A. and done during all that time. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's no telling what I would have. Oh, yeah. And then I think about these children. If I had gotten those television deals, I look back on it and think they would not be the people they are. If I'd raised them in Los Angeles. So, yep. you know, everything yeah. is just worked out for the best. It really right. hangs. Well and I'm not trying to be. Well said. But That's it true. hangs. No. I'm just amazed yeah. by it. it well, and I, I think, too, I, I'm, I'm, it's fun to hear you talk about it because I do think, um, you know, for you to be able to navigate this uh, season of your career when you're in the headspace you are, too. You know, where you can think about it in a way as a grown woman as opposed to a 20-year-old girl that's. Just everything, you know, is working and all of a sudden you're, you know, but instead going, no, I know who mm-hmm. I am. I know I'm a mother, I'm a sister, a wife, a daughter, like I live here. This is what, this is where my people are. And then I go do shows and we have fun and we laugh. Not sort of like you tell me who I am and I'll be whoever that yes, is. Yes, you know? Dave, you smart thing. Which is tricky. You know what they say, quality meat is like a fine wine. It just gets better with age. But well, that actually, that's not exactly... What the quote is, but I do know a quality meat, like the delicious cuts from ButcherBox, pair very well with a fine wine. How about that? There's nothing that beats ButcherBox's high-quality meats. It tastes better, it's more ethical, and it's more sustainable. Every year, 
We have steak for Christmas dinner. Call me crazy. That's what we do. And when it comes to the culinary centerpiece to one of our favorite meals the entire year, investing in high-quality meat from ButcherBox makes all the difference. Aside from the incredible quality of 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, wild-caught seafood, and more, ButcherBox is so convenient. They do all the work for you. Nothing beats opening your front door and finding your monthly shipment of ButcherBox sitting right there at your doorstep just waiting for you to... Get it in your guts. You know what I'm saying? Every month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of meat right to your home. They even throw in free shipping for the continental U.S. You don't have any excuses, folks. All of ButcherBox's meats have no antibiotics or added hormones guaranteed. With each box, you'll receive between 8 to 14 pounds of meat, depending on your choice. That's enough for 24 individual meals. 24 24 meals. That's going to get you through the holidays and into maybe June of next year. You're free to customize your own box or pick one of ButcherBox's curated selections. This holiday, ButcherBox is giving new members one pack of bacon for free in every box. I'm crying a little bit right now from excitement. Plus $20 off each box for the first five months of your membership. That's free bacon for life and up to $100 off free bacon for life. Sign up at ButcherBox.com slash Dadville. That's ButcherBox.com slash Dadville. Well, and I think... <laughs> I'm reading all this. And I think... Up. You know, I know people that have, you know, had comedy careers in L.A. and they're from the South and I and Blue Collar was big and blew up. And so all these people started, you know, talking with an accent and saying a bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. that wasn't authentic. And I think that at this time in my life, I think I've pretty much been true to who I am the whole time, but I'm too tired to be to not be who I am and I've never changed yes, my accent there you go but but I, go. I think there's I think that's the key of what's happening to me is it's authentic yeah and I'm not yeah. I didn't go to LA where that's somebody made me feel like well what what are the what does industry want what do you think they you know yeah. you, and try to mold yeah. into something yeah. that I'm not yeah and now I got these yeah. women all over the United States who people that are taking care of kids launching children got elderly parents that are taking care of they're going through menopause or they're, yeah. you know, their children yeah. are going off to college or whatever it is. And they've all been through what mm-hmm. I've been through. And it's like, it's like yep. a bunch of friends. It's really like a bunch yes. of friends talking. That's yes. You know that, that, okay. I've got two more questions after this and I'll release you back to the wolves <laughs> of your family. But I do, I do, you know, that, that is a thing with me. And I've talked about this on some of these interviews before, but that's my favorite humor comedy, call it whatever you want. But when I feel like, everybody is in you know and i mean i love performing but there's nothing better than when you feel like this just feels like a huge dinner it just feels like a massive dinner with a bunch of people and we're just having a good time talking that is to me when i'm like this is the best you know it's inclusive it feels like everybody's in on the joke you know like that it's i love the way you just said that that's how i feel too okay two more quick questions what do you think what's the thing that nobody knows about being a professional comedian or someone like what's the difference to you between being like funny and then being a comedian like a professional comedian what what are the things that people wouldn't know about the difference in those the things? difference between being funny and being a professional comedian oh like when you I, I meet people all the time that go oh I could do that and what like you know you're talking about like they, they don't understand yeah, yeah, yeah. how it takes years years mm. to develop 30 minutes, 10 years to yeah, do 45, yeah. your first 45, yeah. and, and it'd be good, you know? Yeah. And they and I yeah. don't think people yeah. understand. Like, I get people all the time, and I get it. You know, they'll go, oh, get a load of Diane. 
down here at the furniture store. She's a hoot. Diane, come here. <laughs> Tell her about, you know, and, I, and I'm going, and Diane's darling. Precious. I'm sure Diane and I would yeah, enjoy yeah. a good jazzercise class with each other, but yeah. <laughs> but there but being a comedian is like I don't it is hard. And and I don't mean the, yeah, the even yeah. telling the joke part. I don't mean that. I'm talking about the rejection, the bombing, mm. you know, or you know, people making you feel terrible. You didn't sell enough tickets, yeah. you didn't do this, you didn't do that, all these people coming here drinking all the Diet Coke. Um the, yeah. All the stuff that goes with being a professional comedian, it is a hard job. There are people living yeah. out of a Ford Festiva, smoking marijuana, yeah. pushing down terrible yeah. feelings. It's a, yeah. but there's something's got to be a little off to get up and put your soul out on stage. So, I mean, I understand right, that right. there's something, you know, that I got to be able to tell yeah. this. There's something going on with me that, um, that I want to do this, but it, but it is a hard, it's not the same as just being funny. I wish it were. Yeah. Cause I think I'm naturally funny. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, my family is, I think, right. but, right. but being a professional comedian, it's, I, to, I mean, I've had ups and downs and times I couldn't get arrested mm. and people, yeah. um, and then other times they tell you you're on top of the world and you're the best thing that's ever happened to us. And we love you, love you, love you. We want to do a show about your based on your comedy, but we let's change everything about you. I mean, you just go through. Yeah. It's a yeah. lot of valleys and a lot of mountaintops. Some people don't have any mountaintops. It is a hard yeah. job. Is that what you're asking me, yeah. my angel? Is that what? Yeah, that's exactly it. Well, you know, too, I mean, this is what um, it's been fun sort of talking to the other comics about is, you know, that's where my career is such a cheat code, you know, because music, you know, I, I said this, I think Dustin and I were talking about this, Mike, but, but like how, if you have, you know, if you're at a, if you're at a, um, coffee shop in New York city and it's 10 PM and the show is, you've seen a good little folk artist and you're loving it. He ends the show all of a sudden sting walks in with a guitar and walks up and says, can I do a couple new songs? You're like, Oh my gosh, it's sting. They can be the worst songs you've ever heard in your life, literally, like about clowns and dragons. And you're like, where? But when he gets done, you're still going to be like, his voice was amazing and his, his guitar part. There's so many things that are still redemptive, even though it was bad. Right. The thing that's so different to me about comedy is, and you can see this in the comedian show with Seinfeld, Seinfeld walks in and bombs and people are mad. There's nothing redemptive about being unfunny. In fact, it's maybe the, you know, I was saying this to somebody in one of these, but it feels the opposite because their expectations are so high. And when you, un when you're expected to be funny and you're not funny, it's one of the worst things in the world. And I think yes. that's something that people just really don't understand is like, you know, when people are like, oh, she's going to be great. And then you can have a bit or two that doesn't work. You've almost done damage. It's not even like you didn't just do well. It's like people leave mad. You know, they're like, we want to keep yeah. your car. <laughs> You're right, though. Which I think it is, is such a an different admirable thing, though. Yeah. It takes so much bravery. It does, you know? but you're right. They treat uh, people treat us differently than they do other performers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they and, it's, and they say in Hollywood, oh, they're the uh, stepchildren of of entertainment business. You know, like um, mm. very few reach go over into movies and television. And you know, when you think right, about right, it, right? And right, um, right. I do. I think people think that because we're comedians, that we don't have a heart, that we don't hurt. Yeah. They say terrible things to us, and then and go, oh yeah. well, I thought you had a sense of humor. Well, it doesn't mean that I'm not human. 
You know, it's right, a weird right, thing that right. people. Do you have other yeah. comedians say that to you on this? That's uh, verbatim. I mean, just how hard. Yeah, like how hard it is to not be funny and then juggle that and try to. It takes. I just think it. I think what I admire so much in all of y'all is the bravery. It just takes a lot of courage. I mean, obviously you're good at it, and it comes with the job, you know. But there, it just takes a lot of. It takes a lot of like chutzpah to it just does, keep getting honey. up there. And, and let me you know. tell you that there's times that this day where I'll walk in and think I don't deserve to be here. What am I doing here? Mm. They're not going to like me. Or if I if I see one man with his arms folded in a crowd that looks like he oh, wasn't gosh. happy. It yes. will ruin my yes. next two days. I'll be yes. up all night. Yes. I can't get yes. asleep. It is it is a mind yeah. thing. It really is. And I yeah, think and I my good yeah. friend Karen Mills, we've traveled together with Sun Fried Chick since two thousand and four. And she's been in a horrible car accident. She was supposed to open for me on all mm. these dates for the rest of the year. I had to get people to replace her. She's supposed to be with me in two thousand twenty two. Wow. She's gonna be okay, but I mean she's very traumatic um uh injuries. And, but she and I have, I'm so glad I've had her because we would call each other after doing a gig and go, I'm quitting. I'm quitting tonight. Yeah. And she'd yeah. go, yeah. you know, you're not, yeah. you'll be okay. They're all right. right. And then she'd call me and go, I just did a show for the Egg Association. I'm quitting. And I'd go, no, you're going to make it. Never. <laughs> but it's good to have somebody. You know, that goes through it and has gone yes. through the rejection and, yes. um, you know, yes. a little man at a Marriott that's doing the sound <laughs> that says, hope you don't suck. You know, here's the mic, you you know, and you're like, oh, what the? My God. Or you do, you know, comedy for the people who, the accounting department of whatever, so-and-so, and they're blank yeah, as yeah, doors, yeah, yeah, and yeah. we need accountants, God love care. them. We need them. But yeah. ooh, that's a hard. You're cra- just yeah staring at the oh, abyss. Yeah, it's a very hard, hard yeah. business, and people go, "Oh, well, I could yeah. have done that," or you know, "Good luck, go ahead." Yeah, you know, Janine, yeah. try it, girl. Get up at that's the right. open mic. Right, go ahead. Yeah, right, yeah. right, yeah. So okay, so here's here is the last question. By the way, this has been Dave. A I don't want it to end, time. you angel. You, you doll. Know, I'll come and clean that. your house. You please. It I will, looks beautiful. I will, as long as you're talking and making me laugh the whole time, I'll just follow you around okay. and help you. Um, okay, so if you can have dinner, or you're going to have dinner with three other funny people, and they can be dead or alive. So three other funny people. Who, and you get to pick anybody you want. Who oh are they? Oh my gosh. You and three other people. Um. Okay, let me think. Let me think, because I because I have so many. I'm a fan of so many people. Oh yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I think I'd, I. I. All right. Are we talking just stand ups, not comedic actors? Any no anybody you anybody want. I anybody want. You okay want. That, that that you think okay. it's fun. I love Molly Shannon, Will Ferrell. Yes. Yeah. Oh gosh, there would be. God, they would be hysterical. hysterical. Um, oh my! Because I'm sitting here thinking of every stand-up that I've ever loved. I've loved um, Jay Leno. I love um, mm-hmm. Kevin Meany. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I used to love Kevin Meany. All. Um, oh my gosh, I love Jerry Seinfeld. I love. I mean, there's a million. But let's say Will Ferrell, yeah. Molly yeah. Shannon, okay. and then. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, oh, oh, Red Skelton. 
<laughs> oh wow! Is that crazy? That's amazing. I loved him. That's an amazing. Thing. Well, I don't know. That's God, amazing. I don't know. He could have been a psychopath for all I know. But I've always thought I love Red yeah. Skelton. I love Lucille Ball, Carol Burnett. Yes. I mean, but oh my yeah. gosh, I'm sitting here thinking of comedians and saying I love all of them. I love Nate Gargantzi. I love Jeff Foxworthy. Larry. Yep. The I mean, I loved all of them. Ron White. Yeah. Um, Ellen DeGeneres. Yep. I mean, I've loved all of them. I love. Yeah. I love to yeah. sit and watch stand up. Um, I love John yeah. Rivers. Yeah, it's it's a really watching someone that does it well. I don't think there's anything like it in the world. Who I do really you love, Dave? Tell what, me who you love. You. This is not. This is about you today. Um, I think if it were uh, if okay, I haven't thought about this. Okay, so three that I would have for sure: Jonathan Winters. <sighs> he to me is the funniest human that's ever walked uh -huh, the face of the so earth. Funny. Um, uh, he would be there. Martin Short. <sighs> Okay, can I change one of mine we'll to Martin Short? Tiny, love him. Yes. Steve Martin. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I did, and and I think maybe, um, gosh, uh, oh, that's really hard. I don't know who the third would be. Maybe um, Sinbad. <gasps> Honey, Just I work with Sinbad, and let me tell you, is he not? Is he the funniest person ever? Yes, and sitting backstage with him. You, he just talked about like his knees feeling bad, and I was—I had my head between my knees. I was laughing so hard. That yes, you're right, Precious Sinbad, who's had a stroke. I know, but and I, know. I think he's you know recovering, and I hope I hope everything's going all right because you're right, Precious. So funny, sit and he, talk about. He, I saw him anything. He he was at the Tennessee Theater. I was playing. What's the festival they used to do in downtown Knoxville? Sun Sundown in the city, right? Sundown. Was Sunday, it Big Ears Festival Sundown or um, maybe maybe it was Sundown? It was, it was right there in the. Okay, so I played that. Uh, you know, closed that one night for their thing years ago, and the promoter came up and he's like, "Hey, Sinbad's playing over at the across the street at the Tennessee Th Theater. You want to go see it?" And I was like, "Oh my gosh, yes!" So I stood side side stage for about an hour. I'd never seen anybody do this. I talked about this on one of the podcasts. He did his bits. He did, he didn't do 30, 45 minutes, and then he just stopped and he's like, "All right." We only talk about, and I was like, I mean, it was Pat, and I was like, what is he doing? And Leanne, he, he was funnier then. He was funnier. People would be like, you know, um, I remember one, one lady like, why do men fought? And he said, what do you mean why women fought? Why do men fought? And he just went five minute bit on. That was just off the top of his head. He did it for probably forty five minutes, and I literally thought, I'm watching Picasso paint. Like, who can do this? He never, ever got stuck. People yelled the most random things, and he just was going. And they were all hysterical. Yeah. I was He's completely brilliant. floored. And you know, right before I mean, he had the human. stroke, he messaged me on Instagram and said, I'm proud of you, girl. Oh. And I said, that you remember us being backstage? And he said, yes, I remember that. And that meant the world to me because I, I, I love him. And I and you're right. He's one of the best. He's one of the best. Oh. And, you know, clean and never said, which I don't have anything gets dirty. I really don't. There's comedians yeah, yeah. I love. Chris yeah. Rock. Yeah. Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Oh, Dave Chappelle. Oh, my gosh. Genius. And But, um, yeah, I don't mind dirty. I, it's just not what I do. But, um, but yeah. Sinbad. Oh, my gosh. Brilliant. Never say an ugly thing. Yeah. And just yeah, it's amazing, darling. You're right. And and, and mine would my fourth would be Leanne Morgan. Well, you I'm angel, I'll make a meatloaf and bring it. 
And then we'll <laughs> thank you for that. And a Jello salad. Hey, and we'll take thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You so so uh, tell the people you're out. You're you're touring like a mad woman right now. So so you're out doing your. Is it the panty, the big what's panty the name of the tour? tour. And I've got a hundred dates, time. and it's going through. Yeah, it's a lot of dates. I saw like you're going to be everywhere. Yeah, and it uh, the next couple of when does this air, my darling? Next couple of weeks. I will be um, in St. Louis and Evansville, Indiana, and that uh, December the third and fourth. That'll be my last dates for the year, and I get to be home. And then January will start, and it'll be on like Donkey Kong, honey. And it, I mean, they, I'm I mean, working every, and people can go to LeanMorgan.com and see where I'm going to be because I don't That's even right. know. Right. I ain't even looked at it. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. tell me every week, yeah, yeah. get in the car, Leanne, yep. and go head to, yep. that, you know, and I just go where I'm going, but yeah. I'm having a ball. And it is precious people well, everywhere I go that are darling, that have loved on me, my mama being sick, my grandbaby, everybody. Like, here's a jello salad recipe. It's just like being with your best friends. <laughs> I like that they didn't give you. I like that you edited it so they didn't give you the jealous. They gave you the jealous recipe. Salad recipe. <laughs> Is there anything worse than somebody giving you a recipe? It's just giving you work. Oh well. They're like, I'm not gonna make it for you. I'm just gonna yeah, make you yeah. Go make it. But honey, I, it has it's been from heaven. It has been like crazy. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you are doing it because you are so ridiculously funny. You, you make Dang. me smile and laugh so hard. You're the best. Thank you Thank so much. Thank you, my angel. And I know I've talked your head off. Thank you for letting me talk no, and no, no, ramble. No, 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 You're the best. You're the best. Thank you. Honey, Thanks. I'll take care of your kids. If y'all need to go to Gatlinburg <laughs> on a trip, drop them off here, and Gatlinburg. I'll tend to your little children. And y'all go and <laughs> probably get pregnant again is what would happen. Uh, that's why we're not going. We are not, going. <laughs> we are not doing that. Thank you all for listening to It's Hard Being an Idiot podcast. And make sure to check out my stand-up comedy album called It's Hard Being an Idiot everywhere you listen to music and comedy.